We welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister of the church, and we're so pleased to have you sharing with us in this respective podcast. I am going to be talking this morning on a most important subject, and I probably have not spoken enough about this since I have been the minister of the Scots Fork Christian Church, and uh, because it is something that is of phenomenal importance. And so I'm going to be talking this morning about church leadership, talking about elders in the Lord's Church, talking about deacons in the Lord's Church. And I'll be reading, first of all, from the book of Titus, and that's the first chapter, and and we will be starting with verse 6 and reading through verse 11. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are open to the charge of being uh, wild and disobedient. I beg your pardon, and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gains. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves, one who's good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined, He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things that ought not, uh, they ought not to teach, and that for uh, the sake of dishonest gain. And then we go back to Timothy, the third chapter, and we start reading, if you will, in the very first verse, and read the first 12 verses in this particular chapter. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. Here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, apt to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, 
and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as a deacon or as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Now, when we read the sacred scriptures, we know that God had a plan after he established his church. After the first gospel sermon was preached uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, we know that as we read the Bible, there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible, and the, the possibly the greatest chapter is the second chapter of the book of Acts, and that's where Peter preached the first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, and we read about the thousands who became Christians and became followers of Christ. And we know that as we continue to read, uh, we know the fifth book of the New Testament is the Acts of the Apostles. And the word Acts just simply means what the apostles, what they did, excuse me, as they were sent out and shared the message of Christ uh, throughout uh, the world. And so uh, we know that as we think about how that our Father, how Jesus Christ, how everything is done uh, to perfection, that he not only established his church, his body, but he also realized that there needed to be leaders, people who uh, sought the position of leadership uh, so that they, uh, the work of the kingdom could be cared for as our Heavenly Father cared for it. And so uh, we read in the book of Acts about their work and about the fact that there became needs and so uh, 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 different ones who needed to be cared for physically and we read about the, the deacon being brought into uh, that particular situation. And so uh, this name possibly does not mean a whole lot to you, but um, P.H. Welchmer, phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. And he preached at the Canton, the Christian church in, in Canton, Ohio, for 54 years. And uh, needless to say, it had a tremendous impact in that area and areas all around and far and wide. And uh, if you were to go to uh, Milligan College, uh, on the campus of Milligan College, they have the P.H. Welchmer Library. And it is absolutely incredible. Uh, the Milligan campus is a beautiful campus. Uh, our older son, uh, Brian Clark, uh, went to Milligan, graduated from Milligan, and received a phenomenal education. But in, most importantly, as we're thinking about this message, is that some years ago, uh, an article was written by Brother P.H. Welchmer, uh, who, like I said, was the preacher of the Canton Church, the Christian Church in Canton, for 
54 years. And he has written and he calls them suggestions for elders and deacons. And I've often thought if I uh, were not a minister of the gospel, a preacher of the gospel, that uh, uh, what an honor if I were serving in a congregation. Uh, what a tremendous privilege uh, to serve uh, as an elder. Uh, that means a spiritual overseer uh, to serve as a deacon. Uh, deacons care for uh, the widows, care for the uh, physical aspects uh, for the most part of uh, the kingdom and the Lord's church. Uh, and I just can't help but feel that if we want to think about something that uh, is uh, uh, worthy to aspire to, because as we read and we go back to the book of Ephesians and uh, uh, we read about uh, uh, the uh, uh, Paul and writing to the church that Ephesus talks about leadership in the Lord's church and it is a must. Now we all probably have heard this statement and this is a tremendous challenge to us and that is this is uh, that a congregation is only as strong as its leadership. And so with that thought in mind, I want to share from this great man of God, P.H. Welchmer, uh, the uh, suggestions that he has made uh, for uh, selection of uh, and people to be leaders in the Lord's church. First thing that he says, that they need to know and understand the New Testament qualifications for these positions. And we have read those in Titus 1, in the first chapter there, I beg your pardon, uh, in the uh, yes chapter 1 in Titus, and then also in Timothy, the third chapter. And then it is said, or he suggests, as he had such a phenomenal ministry there in Canton, Ohio, that it is best not to select a man to serve who does not faithfully attend every service of the Lord's church. And I need to point out here that if we're going to be a leader, we do not lead from behind. We lead from the front. And I know that uh, uh, a lot of hypocrisy can take place here uh, because uh, uh, we need to understand that when we uh, study the Holy Scriptures about an elder, and let me share with you something here. The word elder, uh, presbyter, overseer, bishop, pastor, all of these words mean the same thing. Elder, pastor, bishop, presbyter, uh, overseer, all of these uh, mean the same thing. And uh, because you see, when we go back, when the early church was established, that if you just had an elder or a pastor or whatever, that uh, uh, that was not the, uh, the case of the New Testament because they always had a plural number of elders so that you would not run into this particular thought of having a ruling elder. And so Dr. Welshmer, P.H. Welshmer said that uh, a man needs to serve faithfully to attend every service of the Lord's church. And then another thing that he mentions that I think is very important is that it's, uh, it is best not to select a man uh, to serve who does not tithe his time and his talent to the Lord's church. A man unwilling to give to the local church 
has no right to vote for expenditures of which he is not willing to pay his rightful share or to vote against expenditures uh, which other men are willing to pay. And so we see on the onset, and I think Dr. Welchum, or P.H. Welchum, had such a great insight uh, to what was being taught by Timothy and the teachings in Titus, and which also are very, very important. And then also, uh, it is best not to select a man to serve as an elder or a deacon who is known to publicly criticize the church, its ministers, or its programs. And this is action, uh, this action injures the testimony of the church in the community. And uh, I think that a person, for lack of better words, who is an intelligent person and who really understands the teachings of the scriptures about leadership in the local church knows that it behooves him not to be critical and not to criticize and to run down the work of the kingdom. And then it is best not to select a man to serve as elder or deacon whose means of livelihood is questionable and hence could bring discredit on the Lord's church. I know that the church that I grew up in in Shelby County and uh, there was a fine, fine fella uh, in the church and he was very faithful in his attendance, very faithful in every aspect, but people question the particular um, uh, way that he made a living. Uh, he, they questioned uh, uh, the, the particular means of livelihood and consequently uh, that calls for uh, uh, conflict. And then it is best not to select a man to serve as an elder or deacon who is not fully committed to the worldwide program of evangelism. Brothers and sisters, as we look at uh, uh, here we are in June of 2023 and it appears that the light of evangelism has gone out. It is so important as a leader that a leader understands and also that we as Christians understand is that uh, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is winning and bringing people to the message of the cross that Jesus Christ saves, that Jesus Christ keeps, and Jesus Christ satisfies. And uh, uh, it just appears today that uh, if we were to look at the particular ministry of many and many a congregation and by their fruit we shall know them it just appears that there is not a lot of emphasis up on soul winning I plan to uh, propose to the Scots Four Christian Church this coming Sunday afternoon, or on Sunday afternoon at four, when we meet about the importance of uh, having goals, praying that the Lord will guide us to people who need Jesus Christ, and uh, and that we look at the way we spend our monies and make sure that we are allocating funds whereby that hopefully not only we could share the message of Christ effectively in our own church, in our area, but also worldwide.
I remember years ago being in a particular meeting and there was a, a fellow in our uh, body of believers uh, and his name was Reggie Thomas and he was a missionary in other parts of the world and uh, that as he spoke that he had this demonstration and it showed the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who had been led to Christ and who have come to know uh, Jesus Christ as their Savior Savior and Lord. So he, a person must be committed. He must seek to lead. He must seek to pray and pray that God will give us insight into the importance of worldwide program of evangelism. Go into all the world, and I'm paraphrasing here from Matthew the 28th chapter, and teach and baptize and teach again. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And then also is something that we must understand, and P.H. Uh, Walter mentions this, that it is best not to select a man to serve because he is popular. Uh, it's much, much, much more than that. The eldership, the deaconship, now listen closely, is not a place of honor. They are places of responsibility. They are responsible to God. Just as I was set apart, just as I ordained to the Christian ministry, and it was brought to my attention from the teachings in the Holy Scriptures about the responsibilities of being a minister, of preaching the word, being faithful day unto day, teaching, preaching, and teaching, and baptizing, and on and on we could go. And so what we understand, when a man is set aside as an elder, when a man is set aside as a deacon, that we must help him to understand that there are many responsibilities. There are many things that they need to be mindful of because they will be responsible to God. I uh, know that uh, uh, it's, it's so meaningful as I look at congregations and they hold up the responsibilities of an elder. They hold up high the responsibilities of an elder. They hold up high the responsibilities of a deacon. And as I said earlier, when we study the work of an elder we think about someone uh, who understands the need to be a spiritual overseer. He understands that he needs to help with the spiritual needs apt to teach and apt to comfort and apt, apt to help in a powerful way in the local ministry and then the deacon waiting and being a servant to uh, the physical needs and to the widows and those who need his blessing and then uh, it is best not to select a man to serve who is not fully committed to New Testament Christianity. What we mean by that, we know that as we read the Holy Word, even going back into the Old Testament, that uh, uh, scripture after scripture was mentioned about the fact that there was going to be a person in the name of Jesus Christ who would die and he would suffer and be raised again. Uh, many, many, and many a teaching. As someone has said, you can take the Bible and you can divide it into three parts. In the Old Testament, someone is coming 
Christ is born, someone has come. And then you continue to read, and then you understand that someone is coming again. And certainly, as leaders in the Lord's church, we have a responsibility to pray, to pray for vision. We have a responsibility to be faithful and responsible in carrying out our duties. And so when we speak of New Testament Christianity, as I said a while ago, 1,000 189 chapters in the Bible and in the book of Acts the second chapter this is when Peter stood and preached the first gospel sermon and the people asked what must we do to be saved and Peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost New Testament Christianity and we say it like this that we call by Bible things by Bible names. We do Bible things Bible ways. And friends, you can never, never go wrong when you follow that particular uh, principle. And, uh, and then also, it is best not to select a man to serve who does not fully use his talents for the Lord's church in preference to any other organization or activity. The church must come first for an elder for a deacon that if he, he has been set aside ordained and set aside is that he has a responsibility to make sure where he serves as an elder as a deacon that the church must come first I know, friends, this is very heavy uh, because a lot of times today, uh, I hate to say this, we look and see that a lot of times over the years of time that uh, uh, we handle very poorly about the manner in which uh, we have gone about in uh, uh, helping a man who desires to, to be an elder and helping a man who understands to be a deacon. It's a very, very sacred calling. It's as just as sacred as being ordained as a minister of the gospel, being set aside as an elder to help with the spiritual needs of the congregation. You see, a minister cannot take care of all the needs, cannot take care of all the spiritual needs, and neither can uh, a deacon take care of all the respective needs that are a part of being a deacon. And so it is important that we understand, uh, and I think Brother Welchum was right on target when he made the statement that these who have been set aside are responsible to God. So as we live our lives, we need to try to understand every aspect of the Lord's work. We must understand, just like a minister must understand, he has been set aside. He does not want to disgrace the greatest institution in all the world, the Lord's church, because when Christ comes again, that's who he is coming for. He is coming for his bride. He is coming for the church. And we, all of us want to so live as elders, deacons, church members, ministers, and all, that when we finish life's journey, and one of these days we will, that it can be said of us, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. The sad thing, the things that are happening in the Lord's work today, a sad, sad thing. People are writing their own gospel. They're writing their own Bibles and have deviated so much 
from the great truths of the Holy Scriptures. And so it is my prayer that as we continue as a body of believers, that we uh, look out amongst us and look at men who not only, uh, uh, as we read from Titus and also Timothy, who meet the qualifications, but also that they understand too completely what is involved in being in these positions. May the Lord bless this message. Let us pray. Our Father, I thank you for your word. And today it seems that we have lost an understanding of such important principles, such important things. So help us as we live our lives to do all we can to teach and help and support and love. Just bless now this message. In the Master's name we pray. Amen. Amen.